Simplicity is complexity resolved. Constantin Rancusi. Welcome to Retirement Mentorship, your mentor to and through retirement. I'm your host, Freeman Lindy, Certified Financial Planner. Today, we are taking the six prior steps of financial planning and putting them all together in a one-page financial plan. That's coming up on the Retirement Mentorship Podcast. First, the two-men tune-in, primary points of the podcast in two minutes. We've been through a lot over the last six weeks uh, covering all the different areas of financial planning. and We've looked in-depth at each and what it entails. Now we're going to synthesize that onto a one-page plan. We are going to write it down. We're going to cover why you need to write it down on paper on purpose. We'll also tell you how to organize your plan, starting with your goals and how to plan for those goals using all the different areas of financial planning. We'll then finalize with talking about executing the plan. How do you take this one-page plan and put it into action? And you'll see the power of a one-page plan to put your finances in order and put your plan in action. Perhaps when we started, you had a simplistic view of finances. In the end, you'll end up with a simple one-page financial plan. But simple does not mean simplistic. You must take simplistic through the complexity of planning to end out with an elegant simplicity. And the one-page financial plan is that elegant simplicity. When you're done, it will look as though it is just a bunch of lines that anyone could have written them, and it doesn't seem like it will be that powerful. But in the context of your life and your finances, it will mean all the difference in the world. Let's explore together how to create a one-page financial plan. Over the last seven weeks, we've covered the six areas of financial planning, taking two weeks to cover retirement planning, since it is different pre-retirement and in retirement. It started off simple with getting organized and understanding your net worth and cash flow and began to get rather complex when it came to calculating your investment goals and retirement calculations. In reality, we've only scratched the surface of what true financial planning is, but it at least has given you a framework on what to plan for and all the various aspects of financial planning you'll need to account for to be a comprehensive financial plan. Now it's time to put it all together. All the areas of financial planning work together, and you cannot really divorce one from the others. It's very hard to do investment planning without dipping into tax planning, not if you're trying to do it correctly. And you can't hardly do insurance planning without thinking of your estate planning. It all connects and we'll want to put it all together on one page so that we can see how it connects. This begins with our step number one, writing your plan on paper, on purpose. You must write down your financial plan. It doesn't need to be fancy. We don't need to spend tons and tons of time on formatting and tables and graphs and all that. It needs to be sentences on a paper. You can write it by hand if you want to, although having a typed soft copy that you can come back to and edit if you need to in the future is preferred. But you need to write down your plan. A goal without a plan is just a wish, and a plan that is not written down is not a real plan. Write it down. Beyond pithy statements, there are real reasons to write it down. 
You are more likely to complete your goals if you have a written plan to complete them. Not just a plan in your head, but actually on paper. The act of coming up with a plan that you write down will increase the chances of you attaining your goals or help you attain them faster. When we're talking about goals that may take a lifetime to complete, completing them faster or making them more likely to complete certainly seems like a worthy aspiration. Why wouldn't you? Clearly, the reasons you wouldn't would be that you don't have enough time or don't understand how to do it. Hopefully, the last few weeks have shown you how. Now you need to make the time to do it or delegate it to someone else to do it for you. Beyond making it more likely to complete, writing down your plan helps you not forget and not need to rework the plan. Particularly if you spent a lot of time calculating how much you will need for retirement or how much you need to save to get there or various other calculations, not writing down the end results puts all that work to waste. You will not remember it weeks or months later and will need to redo it. Creating the financial plan for the first time is the hardest time to do it because everything is fresh and you need to start from scratch. Revising the plan in the future is much easier and you cannot revise something that isn't written down. Keeping it written down will reduce the need to rework or recalculate your plan. And lastly, writing down your plan makes it that much more satisfying to complete. When you can literally, physically check off the boxes of the items in your plan you needed to complete, there is an immense sense of satisfaction and achievement. If your 401k is going to hit $300,000 anyways, you might as well have had it as a goal that you notice and celebrate when it does than something that happens without you paying attention. When you are finally able to increase your percentage savings to 15% of your income, when it has for many, many years languished around three, that is an achievement worth noting and celebrating. Being able to check off those boxes is deeply fulfilling and will continue to inspire you to do better in your finances and to more align your finances with your values. So write it down. Pull up a Word document and write your last name and financial plan at the top and the date that you are writing it for future reference and begin to write down your financial plan. How do we begin? Brings us to our second point, which is organizing your plan goals first, then plan. If I were you, I would start with some kind of financial vision. What are you trying to achieve with your finances? What is your ideal present or future? What are we working towards? We'd hate, as I say, to spend much time and energy running up a ladder only to find out that the ladder is leaning against the wrong tree. Knowing what we are shooting for and putting that front and center at the top of our page will help everything else align to it. If we're trying to retire early or have more time with the kids or create a bigger impact in our community and families, those are the things that we want top, front, and center of our plan. What are we trying to achieve? This may be one statement that sums everything up, a guiding principle or vision that you're living by, or it might be a few numbered goals of various things that we're trying to achieve. These may be quantity goals, such as save $1 million into retirement, but I doubt it. It should probably not be those. 
a more compelling financial vision may be to have the financial independence to choose where I spend my time and energy. That sums up a lot. That could sum up your goals for getting out of debt, for retiring early or on time, or to reduce the amount of time we are working, knowing that we are not jeopardizing our future states. Some kind of financial vision should be on top. We'll do some episodes around financial visions and general goal setting towards the end of the year that you can implement in 2022. And so if you don't have a financial vision yet, you can skip this step, but leave a space for it. Create the header of financial vision and come back to it. Don't let this be a hang-up for why you don't do the rest of your planning. Let it be something that guides it eventually. There are still things we can do in the meantime that will be good regardless of what your financial vision ends up being, and so we'll want to make sure we tackle those items. After your financial vision, I like to list the various areas of financial planning. Those are, again, cash flow and net worth, investments, insurance, tax, retirement, and estate planning. Create headers for all of these areas. You can always look back at your podcast episode list to see the various areas if you forget what they are offhand. And then we can write specific action items underneath each area. In the first area of cash flow and net worth, this is where we'll want to carve out any action items that we need to undertake to get this line, this domain of our finances in order. Of course, all of these action items are going to be specific to you, but here are some examples that you might have. Automatically deposit $200 per paycheck into savings account. Pay off all debts using the debt snowball method. Refinance house to a 15-year fixed rate mortgage. For some of the action items, they may be specific one-time items that you can achieve. Increasing your 401k savings is a one-time action. You just go in and do it. Refinancing your house takes a little bit longer, but it is still simply one action. You need to contact a mortgage company, shop rates, and complete the application and any other subsequent steps. Getting a mortgage refinance started usually means it will get done because the next steps will follow along with it. And you'll have it written down on your plan. And so you know it's outstanding for as long as it's written there and not checked off. Other action items may require sub-actions, such as getting out of debt using the debt snowball. Perhaps in your financial plan, you would actually list out all of your debts from smallest to largest. and So you can check them off on the plan as you go. Or perhaps you'd refer it to a separate debt snowball plan that you've created and keep track of it that way. We've waited to list the specific items for cash flow until we've reached some of the other items. For example, let's say that with the rest of our planning, we've realized that we need to dedicate another five to $600 per month into retirement savings. But perhaps we've also uncovered a need for some insurances. And maybe that will take up 100 to $200 per month in insurance premiums. But we're not going to be able to devote the whole 600 now if 200 of it is going to premiums. And so perhaps the plan is to get the insurance done now and to start saving X amount and then increase our savings by Y amount over Z amount of time. For example, maybe you have action items that look like this. Increase 401k contribution to 10% now. In 2022, increase by 1%. In 2023, 
2023 increased by 1%, in 2024 increased by 1%, etc., until you reach the final percentage that you know you need to get your retirement. If you can't do as much as you need to do now, have a plan for when you hope to be able to do that. Our cash flow funds a lot of our other areas of finance, and so we need to know what we need to do in those areas before we can fully allocate our cash flow. There are certain things that, of course, we need to do in the meantime, regardless of what we're trying to do with cash flow, and other things you will maybe need to knock out some things first. There are simultaneous and sequential items in this plan. What I mean by that is that you'll have some items that you'll do simultaneously, You can get the proper insurance and increase your 401k contributions by the same time if those are both things that you need and can do. Other things are sequential, meaning perhaps the reason we can't save more into our 401k is because we are drowning in debt payments. The first action is to pay those off. Then, once that's completed, our next action will be to open a Roth IRA, etc., etc., Want to be specific in these and write them as commands or to-dos. If you're not working with someone who is going to hold you to it, then you need to write your own due dates for when you plan to achieve these. For example, pay off debt by X date or increase your retirement contributions by X amount by X date. When we do our financial planning in my financial planning practice, because we are often helping with the implementation of all those items, we will hold them to achieving any of the ones that we can achieve this year and have due dates for anything that is out in the future. After determining and writing down the various action items we can do to better use our cash flow and to increase our net worth, we would move on to other areas. Perhaps we've created an investing plan, a principle and discipline-based plan that we can follow over our lifetimes. The action items for investments might be to reallocate your 401k to the recommended plan or to reallocate your Roth IRA to your investing plan. It is kind of a duh thing, but it doesn't do any good to come up with an investing plan and then to not do it. You have to put that on as an action item, complete the action item, and then cross it off. Perhaps you need to get out of so many of your bonds and into more equities. Or you need to start building up your fixed income portfolio as you approach retirement. Whatever you came up with your investing plan, that is what will go in the investing section of your financial plan. Some of your investing plan will be complex enough that it will be on a separate page. Perhaps the principles or disciplines that you are abiding by in your investing plan or the general time frame are in a separate document called your investing plan or investment policy statement. But specific action items around your investing or investing plan should be in your overall financial plan. For insurance, this one is easy enough. Whatever you have determined you need for insurance, write it down. Get $1 million of term life insurance on him. Get $1.25 million of term insurance on her. Get quotes from independent broker on home and auto insurance. Get gap disability for him to cover the gap between his work disability insurance and the take-home that we require to run our family. Once you've calculated that you need it, then you write it in your financial plan and it stays there until it is checked off. These are often items that you can write down, go through the process to get done, and then check them off. The only future term item that might be in insurance planning is if you're close to retirement, you may have a specific date when you want to begin looking at 
long-term care insurance. This is so you don't forget and can come back to it and realize, oh yes, we set out in our plan to look at this at this date. It is now this date. Let's look at the different options we have available to us. With tax planning, as we talked about, it's not about preparing your taxes, but about planning to pay the least amount of taxes. Perhaps you've determined that it's better to complete Roth conversions now, not all at once, but over a set time of years. You will write down how much you need to convert and over what time period. For example, convert $25,000 per year from IRA to Roth IRA between 2021 and 2025. Or perhaps you'll write complete schedule of Roth conversions, and then under it each year you will write the amount that you want to convert. That way you can check it off each year as you go versus having a one action that takes five years before you can complete it. Either way, the actions will be the same, but it feels better to be able to check things off more regularly than to have these huge goals that take many years before you can mark anything as complete. Sometimes it's ambiguous whether specific actions should go in one category or another. For example, funding your Roth IRA. Is that an investing plan because it's investments? Is that part of your cash flow because it's money going into the Roth IRA? Is it tax planning because it is a after-tax account that will grow tax-free? Or is it retirement planning because it is a retirement account? The answer is yes. It's all these things. Many aspects of financial planning is in more than one domain. Do whatever makes the most sense for you. We typically put the funding of a Roth IRA in retirement planning, the investments inside the Roth IRA in investment planning, and any Roth conversions in tax planning. But you could join them all into one if it makes more sense to you, especially if you're doing all of them in your financial plan. The categories are less about siloing each aspect into different categories and more about remembering that each one exists and that you'll have action items in each. Retirement planning is the section where you're right, if you're in pre-retirement, how much you need to save to achieve your retirement goals and your plans to get there. Or if you're in retirement or very close to it, your plan for when to take certain pensions or your Social Security, what Medicare options you've calculated that you should take, and any of those in-retirement topics that we talked about in that episode. For example, it might say, take her Social Security at age 65 take his Social Security at age 70. You wouldn't, of course, just decide this. This would be based on the calculations that you did in your in-retirement planning that would cause you to decide when to take those and when would be the best time. You simply write the results of when to take those on the plan, especially if it's a few years out. Going back to the written aspect of the plan, you can then look in the future and say, hey, when were we going to take our Social Security? Oh, yes, we were going to take it when you turned 65 and when I turned 70. Many times when you're writing future actions, you want to reevaluate them before you actually make those actions, especially when it comes to Social Security or other actions that you can't undo. But having some kind of plan on paper, on purpose, initially helps in the overall planning process and helps us be less wrong tomorrow. Lastly, in your estate planning section, these are relatively straightforward as well. It typically looks something like this. Complete your will complete a trust, complete your financial power of attorney and health declaration, complete an estate summary, and pass out copies to all relevant parties. Then go do it. That brings us to our last section of the one-page financial plan, which is executing your plan. 
after you have a list of all the actions you need to take in your financial plan to improve your financial plan and to get you closer to your financial vision that you had at the top, you will then need to execute that plan. Again, it will look simple, and that's the point. You had a simplistic view. You went through complexity, all the different calculations that you need to take to best get to your goals, and you've now resolved complexity into a simple one-page financial plan. The simplicity of the plan makes it easier to execute. I would start by scheduling tasks. Things that have a due date are more likely to be done. Schedule a time to do your insurances. Schedule a time to look at your estate planning. Many people lack the margin in their lives to find time to do these things. So you'll need to create it. You may need to cancel some things or remove some obligations from your life just to create the time to be able to execute your financial plan. But if you do all this work, run through all the calculations, come up with a nice, concise, one-page plan, and then don't execute any of it, what was the point? Yes, we avoided the 80-page binders full of charts and graphs and tables that you might get with some financial advisors, but even a simple one-page plan is useless if we don't execute it. Find the time, create the time to get your tasks done. If you're a couple, you might decide to divide and conquer on some of the tasks, and some of them you'll, of course, want to do together. Meeting with an estate planner or estate planning attorney to come up with your will is not something that you can do alone. You need to decide on that together. But perhaps one person is in charge of running down home and auto quotes and getting the best value for your home and auto insurance. And perhaps another one is in charge of coming up with the investing plan and making sure that all the investments that you have and all the accounts are aligned with that plan. Or perhaps one person, after you, of course, have agreed on the plan and all the action steps you're going to do, will hold down the fort while the other person has the time then to execute the items. I'll watch the kids. You reallocate the investments. If you've decided to hire any professionals to help you in the various parts of executing your plan, you'll, of course, want to connect with those. You want to research the different professionals you plan to trust with the aspects of your financial plan and then get in touch with them. This may include insurance agents. You want, of course, to find the right ones who will get you the best value for the money and only in the aspects that you want and aren't going to be continually badgering you to get a whole life policy or some other nonsense you don't need. Finding a good insurance agent for this is very helpful. It'll probably also likely include a tax advisor or tax preparer who understands tax planning and can help you in that aspect of it. May include an estate planning attorney or estate planner to help execute the estate plan that you've come up with. Yes, we want to do these things, but we still need legal documents put in place to make sure that they happen legally. And of course, it may include an investment advisor or even financial planner to double check your plan and to implement different investments if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself. I've had some people that have created their own financial plan and then come to me for a second opinion, and their plans are usually quite good. After a few tweaks here and there and a few adjustments and a few educational sessions where we would alternate just a few of the things that they laid forward, we've then helped them implement those especially the certain items that they could not implement themselves. Even if you decide to do the work yourself, you may still want to double-check it with a professional to make sure you haven't made any critical errors. 
they're called blind spots for a reason. We can't see them. Or after all these weeks, you may have decided that financial planning is not for you, that it is too much work and that you don't want to do all of that work and spend all that time and energy to create calculations and documents and all these items of which you may be wrong in the end. And you may want to hire a professional to do it. Please don't hire anyone. You'll want to hire someone who you can trust, who is competent, who is trustworthy, and who will do a good job. Next week, we will focus on how to find such a professional, where to look, and what to look for. If you are going to trust someone with your life savings or your financial planning, you need to do your due diligence and understand the best ones to look for. We'll be giving you a crash course in finding a financial planner next week so that if you decide to find one, you can be confident in the person you have chosen to help create your financial plan. If you have any questions about any of this, feel free to email us at questions at retirementorship.com or you can call us at 1-855-6-MENTOR and we'd be happy to chat with you. If all this has been helpful to you and you want to support the show, consider becoming a retire member. For the cost of a latte a week or a latte a month, you can sponsor the show. We want to continue to keep this show ad-free And to do that, we need retired members to sponsor the show. And so in this weekly episode, if you determine that each week is worth about the price of a latte for 16 bucks a month, you can sponsor us at that level. Or if you think, hey, on average, every fourth one or so of these is worth the price of a latte, you can sponsor us for four bucks a month. So for either 16 or $4 per month, you can become a retire member. Again, retiremembership.com or you can click the link in the show notes in the podcast description. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week with how to find a financial planner. Have a great week. This podcast is educational only and is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice or recommendations, whether direct or incidental. Again, this is not investment advice. Consult your financial, tax, and legal professionals for specific advice related to your specific situation. Never take investment advice from someone who doesn't know you and your specific situation. All opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the speakers expressing them. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Retirement mentorship is not affiliated with or controlled by any registered investment advisor, broker-dealer, or other financial services company.